Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Colorado Hunting Hub. This podcast is designed to talk about everything hunting in Colorado, whether you're a new hunter, old timer, or something else. Colorado Hunting Hub will have something for you. I'm your host, Clint Whitley, and let's get started. All right, in this episode, we've got Devin from Victory Archery kind of giving us a rundown on arrow selection and uh, trying to figure out some of those nuances that have a steep learning curve if you're a uh, if you're new to archery and the things that you don't think of, I can only remember my first season archery hunting. I was not prepared. I had the old, old, old grandpa's bear bow and probably three different types of arrows in my quiver and Walmart broadheads and just garbage and missed some chip shots. Not probably the most ethical <laughs> way to start, but I didn't know. <laughs> I really didn't know. I didn't have, I didn't know YouTube had videos like this <laughs> out there at that time. So, or it wasn't a thing. I don't know, but yeah, we're going to learn from him before we do that. Just letting you know about our giveaways as well as uh, our new uh, coupon code. So giveaways, first of all, if you're looking for them or figuring out how to sign up, it's in the show notes, the show description. If you look by the title there somewhere to scroll down on Apple Podcasts. I don't know how you listen to your podcasts. Each uh, directory is a little different. YouTube, honestly, uh, if you're sitting at your desktop and that's how you listen, I think YouTube is a great way to go. Otherwise, uh, if you're listening on your phone, I really like Apple Podcasts, but if you have an Android, uh, maybe go with Google. Uh, that's probably Google play has those things on there. Otherwise the pod bean app is what I am putting my podcast on. So that's there. 
Otherwise, there's Spotify, but Spotify seems to have some issues sometimes. So, uh, good luck, Joe Rogan, as you move yours to Spotify only. Uh, so that's uh, another option, uh, and then you could just straight up Google uh, Colorado Hunting Hub if you don't like the way you're listening right now. You can try and find something else that works for you. So our giveaways, we have our Onyx membership giveaway going on, our Vortex Binos giveaway, our Exo Mountain Gear backpack giveaway, and then we also have our Wilderness Athlete 25% off coupon code. Uh, type in Hunting Hub, Hunting Hub, uh, in the uh, coupon code location in your cart. We're sponsored by or supported by I Hunt Colorado's Facebook page. So thank you guys for bringing me on and letting me advertise the podcast into there and being a part of the part of your team. Appreciate it. Uh, that's a growing Facebook page, and the admin are a bunch of hilarious, funny guys that are uh, um, they're good stuff. So I enjoy reading our little thread that we all have together as admin. So appreciate you guys and let me jump on there. Uh, check out Rocky Mountain Realtors. Call TJ Gusini, 970-618-8781 if you're looking for a piece of hunting property, Western Colorado. He'll hook you up. If you want to sell me some antlers, I'm buying because you're strictly a meat hunter and you don't care about antlers, I'll buy them. So let me know. Or if you just need to clean some stuff out, I'll buy them. Shout out to those international listeners. Like I said in the last episode, please reach out to me. I want to talk with you about uh, why you're listening, what you're looking at coming to the U.S. to hunt. And I, I think that would be an interesting podcast to hear as, as maybe from you folks or just send me an email and, I, and I'll share your story. As we're getting the draw results out, don't feel sorry for yourself. Go find another tag. Reissue is an option. Uh, secondary draw is an option. Uh, go look at the stats and figure out why you didn't draw or what you're going to draw. It's possible we had a big spike in the amount of applications because of the pandemic. I just sent out an email to ask that question. So that is a possibility and why why that could skew some of those uh, some of those draw results. But thanks again to all you listeners and that are downloading. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook. Follow I Hunt Colorado on Facebook. Email me, clint.a.whitley at gmail.com. And you can find this podcast on a whole lot of places. So thanks for listening and enjoy. All right, Devin, I want to thank you for coming on the show, chatting with us a little bit about victory archery. And uh, here in Colorado, our uh, primary draw, our first draw, the big one that that uh, is the main draw, details on that are being released this week. So we mostly know kind of our elk, our deer, uh, bear, antelope is one of those that's still kind of out there. We know about moose for the most part, but people are right now finding out about their, what they drew. And uh, so that planning really, I think, starts about now <laughs> for those that really times. yeah that weren't sure uh i don't have anything in the works there that i was that's unexpected or whatever i put in i i got an antelope tag i don't know results on but i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get that uh and some 
I'm mostly doing some over the counter stuff. So it's not, uh, it's not my year for big surprises. I don't think, but it's so fun. So, uh, introduce yourself a little bit, maybe introduce the, the company, give us a little bit about, uh, victory. Yeah. So my name is Devin O'D. I'm the marketing and graphics manager for victory. And I've been with the company for about three years, been a bow hunter for about seven, I think, um, six or seven years, just kind of something I got into later in life and spearfishing since I, fishing since I was a little kid, but, um, first, first person in my family to hunt. So just kind of fell head first into bow hunting and been crazy about it ever since. Um, a little bit about victory. We're, uh, actually one of the only that i am really aware of vertically integrated companies so we're owned by mitsubishi uh, mitsubishi chemical america is like the really like our parent company and our office is divided in between a like a golf division so they make super high-end golf shafts that for a bunch of oem clients you know i think like tiger woods probably plays their shafts um a lot of different really high quality carbon fiber tubes is really what we specialize in. So um, for Victory, that gives us a huge advantage because we have access to all this technology, all these materials, resins, carbon fibers. We make all that stuff in the United States, all the raw carbon fiber prepeg, prepreg. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the bread and butter of your arrow right there. So just right off the bat, we can, we really have access to the highest quality materials. Um, and just a huge diverse library to choose from. And I think that's why you see so much innovation. Um, that's, you know, really what the company's all about is we're every single person that works there is a bow hunter, is a target shooter. Um, you know, we're always flinging arrows in the parking lot and testing new designs, new concepts. But, um, you know, we try to innovate and come out with new arrows every year if possible. And I think we've done that for the last decade. We've come out with at least two or three new arrows a year and it's a lot of fun um just you know kind of having access to all those materials and being able to experiment and uh come up with you know what we think is the the best products you can use to to bow hunt and to be confident in, the, in your equipment yeah, that's really that's really interesting uh i never i had no idea <laughs> the levels there but to be partnered with the same company making golf shafts but that makes a lot of sense. My first instinct was like, well, you're not primary thinking archery, but my second one is what you said is you've got access to technology and such a bigger, bigger focus there that allows some of that, that innovation. So that's, I had no idea. That's really cool. I just picked victory. I don't even know why I picked victory arrows away two years ago. I, I, uh, just an archery shop thing. I said, I need some new arrows and I want something better. And, uh, um, our archery shop in grand junction said, here, try these and been using them ever since got, got two different arrows that I, I use and I really enjoy them. So as an average hunter, I'm not talking about the, uh, gear head, um, but let's just say for deer and elk, I want one arrow and I don't want to, uh, cause that's a common thing. A lot of, a lot of my archery buddies, they're, they're not flinging arrows every day. Like they should be, I've been getting after them. 
but they don't because it's it's tough. A lot of people don't have a range right out their front door. They got to go to a range. So that makes it difficult. They can't shoot in their backyard. Uh, so we do, you don't get that, that uh, time with your equipment. And then you don't learn the arrows, learn your bow as well. So for the average guy that, let's say he's shooting a couple times a week, um, does a couple 3D shoots through the summer, wants to go hunt deer and elk. So it's a pretty broad, pretty uh, not so specific setup, right. let's say. What are what are some of those essentials? Like with any bow company, what what are we, the essentials that we need to be looking at when we're picking arrow? Because to the common eye, it's a shaft with some fletchings at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to give you the arrow that I personally shoot right now. So obviously, I've probably got some. I've got some, you know, uh, some personal preference there, but. I try to have like one thing to do it all sort of like you described there. So I'll shoot this arrow for, for deer, for antelope. Um, I will, you know, I, I don't like to switch up my equipment. I don't have a hunting bow and a target bow. I, I, you know, I don't have multiple hunting bows. I have like a really, really old one that an old Matthews that I first started shooting, but otherwise, you know, I pretty, pretty much just have my one bow. I stick to it. My one arrow, I stick to it. And, uh, I don't have to worry about switching stuff up or, or retuning and whatnot. So the arrow that I currently shoot right now is the RIP TKO. And that's uh, a small diameter. So it's a 204, which is, you know, equivalent to a five millimeter shaft, if you're familiar with that. And it's right there in the middle as far as weight goes for a hunting arrow. So it's about, I think, 8.8 grains per inch. And uh, that's going to give you enough momentum, enough kinetic energy, you know, just to be able to hit something hard. But it's also not going to be so heavy that if you wanted to take a longer shot, you know, if you're the type of person who's comfortable shooting over 60 yards, then you're not going to have this, you know, you're not going to be lobbing this really long arcing shot it's going to be still pretty flat flying and fast there's always the option with with the rip series with any of our arrows really to load up the front shoot a heavier outsert so i shoot our 75 grain stainless steel shock tl um, like a half in half out cert. and uh there's a post that goes inside the shaft and there's a sleeve that fits over it and so what that does is it, it almost is like a built-in footer to the front of the arrow so it really strengthens it but it's also going to give you excellent penetration for something like an elk where you really need to punch through. Uh, and, you know, you're looking for just that little bit of extra advantage. If you were to hit a shoulder or come across into like an offside shoulder shot, um, ideally that's going to give you a little bit more punch to get through and hopefully, you know, recover the animal and give you a good blood trail and, and, and get the job done there. So. I shoot the exact same setup you do. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I started with the, the rip TKOs and, uh, then you came out with a new insert, the stainless steel neck, the 75 grain that let me cut down on 25 grains. And mm -hmm. when I did that, I actually called you guys and I was like, I gave you my whole setup and, uh, 
you guys actually set me up with then the uh, elites, or I guess you call them the standards too, um, which was, I, I actually shoot them interchangeably. That arrow, both arrows, I can't tell the difference. Like they, there's a slight variance in weight and probably somebody that shoots competition probably could tell me the difference, but, and I, I honestly would have no issue shooting either one. Um, the, the rip TKOs, I can tell you though, those, I love those because they are super durable. They're a little more durable, I think, than the, than the elites. Uh, but I like them. (laughs) I really like them. And that small diameter, that was a new thing too, for me a couple of years ago is, is I want something small. It's windy in the West here. So we got to have something that can cut through that wind a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. And that part of the durability that you're talking about that arrow like the whole tko series that has a 45 degree weave on the outside and that kind of touches on some of the technology aspects so you know there's some arrows that just have like an aesthetic weave on the outside because they look cool um this one actually adds hoop strength to the shaft and it reduces torque that's why we we built that 45 degree angle so when you shoot it um the arrow isn't getting torqued as much because of the the direction of those fibers. And so, you know, in theory, what it allows your arrow to do is recover a little bit quicker in flight. I think, you know, you got to be a pretty good shot, like you said, to notice some of the more nuanced aspects like that. But um, from a durability standpoint, I think they're a really solid, well-built shaft. So, you know, excellent for going after a big game like elk and deer and, you know, really anything in North America if you're lucky enough to draw that tag, I guess. Right. Right. And so picking out these arrows, I walk into my shop and not my shop. I don't have a shop, but you know what I mean? You walk into the shop and looking at some of these, some of the different ones, how do we choose? Like what's, what, how do we know kind of, uh, what's going to work best? Do you mean as far as spine or just different shafts? Um, buying different shafts. Um, so obviously you got to buy the correct length that's going to fit you. Um, the, the spine, yeah, we, you got to make sure that that's the correct stiff and you guys have a, a chart and it's easy enough on the back of that is a, a chart there. Um, but what would, I, I guess I, I'm curious as to know if someone was choosing between the, um, those ripped TKOs and maybe the V force. I got those for my wife uh, just cause they were just maybe a little entry level. What, what some of the selling points there between some of the, the different types you got? Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of what I try to, I try to break it down by weight primarily for, for a lot of guys um, because right off the bat, you'll get someone who says, I just want to, I want a super heavy arrow shaft. Um, I'm going after, you know, whatever it is, Cape Buffalo in Africa or whitetail deer. And I want to just absolutely blast through the shoulder. And I just want like the heaviest thing possible. Um, So a lot of times I'll try to break it down first off. Like, okay, do you want a really heavy shaft? Are you one of those guys that just wants to shoot like a 700 grain arrow? Okay, boom, right away. I'm going to put you in the extortion. That's our... um, carbon fiber stainless steel infused heavy 204 hunting shaft and so that's going to give you just all that weight and momentum 
but you know if you're the you're the type of person that wants to shoot 60 plus yards probably not going to be as inclined to shoot that because your pin gapping just gets so huge and if you're off five yards in your distance then you know you're going to miss so it doesn't matter if you can smash through the shoulder with a 700 grain arrow if you don't hit them you don't hit them um so then you know weight's a really big factor you also get guys that want just the lightest fastest arrow on the market because they don't want you know the deer to jump the string they just want to be like as quick as they can be and they're not as worried about the momentum aspect so that then i'd steer people towards our uh rip extreme velocity which is you know like sub six grains per inch just you know about as light and, and as fast as you can get but you got to remember that with with that type of shaft it's a thinner carbon wall so you're not going to have the same type of durability um the can diameter you, also plays into it yeah can you review those weights really again because let's just say we got a new person to archery and we're throwing these numbers out it's kind of confusing so say again what a light arrow would be and a heavy and like a middle and then and then that helps i think some of the listeners kind of organize those thoughts a little yeah absolutely so um basically the lightest that we make and i think really like the lightest on the in the industry or, or very close to it is the rip xv and that's that's going to be around and under six grains per inch um so that would probably put your total arrow weight somewhere in the 300s, low to mid 300 range, which is was pretty light. Um, there's the general rule of thumb where you want to have like five grains per pound of whatever you're shooting. So you obviously don't want to go too light. And then if you do um, shoot a really light arrow, your bow is going to be a lot louder. There's going to be a way more um, energy transferred just into the system as a instead of into the arrow. So you'll run through your strings a lot quicker and stuff like that. But so that would be like kind of the lightest option. Then right around that mid-range would be your V4 standard diameter. Um, same with the RIP TKO. I would say that's right in the mid-range to maybe a little bit on the heavier side in that, you know, eight grains per inch to, you know, nine grains per inch. Uh, and then getting into the real heavy stuff like our extortion shaft, that's in the 12 to 13 grains per inch range. So. And that's, cool. that's just that, the shaft. So that doesn't include your insert or your stainless steel or your, your anything that you're loading up the front with, which is kind of a whole other part of the equation. Yeah, but that, that gives the scale. I always like to get things on a scale so we have a, a good idea because I, I forget these from season to season. And I actually don't think I could tell you what my arrows weigh. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So... Uh, and then you started talking about diameter. What, what were you saying about that? Right. So then, um, you know, diameter is kind of like the other part of the equation that a lot of people don't really know where to be. Um, there's a, a huge push or, or, you know, kind of trend in the industry now of shooting micro diameter shafts, which, you know, in probably like 20 years ago when uh, 20, 30 plus years ago, when people were shooting aluminum arrows um they were a lot larger diameter and you know with a larger diameter shaft you have issues with them getting blown around in the wind and um they're not going to penetrate as well because you've just got a bunch of friction on the arrow shaft 
So by making the shaft smaller and the outsert at the front a little bit larger in diameter than the actual shaft, you end up basically kind of punching a big hole in the, in the target right when you hit it. And then you've got less drag, less friction on the shaft as it's passing through. So you're going to end up usually getting a pass-through shot, um, you know, getting a good blood trail by having an entry and an exit wound, which is, you know, what you're going for because you want a good ethical shot that's going to take the animal down quickly and something that you're going to be able to recover um, as fast as possible with, with, you know, good good blood trail. So there's people that want the micro diameter shaft for that reason, because it's going to penetrate the best. The heaviest and the smallest will penetrate the best for the most part. There's a lot of people that stay away from that micro diameter because it doesn't fit in their quiver. Um, is actually a big thing, which is super annoying. Uh, there's only there's only a few quivers out there that can be adjusted. I think more and more companies are kind of catching on and they're making them smaller. But you know, a lot of quivers don't fit the micros, so that can be annoying. Um, you guys, you guys helped me out with that solution actually. Um, so I have, I. I've got a nice setup, but I have never dropped the money on a good quiver. I didn't want to buy a $200 tight spot where I could tighten those in there. And so I chatted with someone there over a year ago, year and a half ago, when I first got these arrows, like, oh my gosh, they don't stick in there. And then if you get a little little uh, dirt residue on there, they really slide through easy. So right. you, you guys suggested get shoe grew which is this little package of like moldable rubber ish. And I have a G five quiver. And so I just push that into the little, each of the one little cracks, put an arrow in. So it formed around it, backed it out and kind of smoothed down the edges. And that lasts a year and a half. And then I read, redo it every other year or so. And now my arrows stick in there nice and tight. It's, basically the same material as the quiver itself that rubber uh but that was something you guys had suggested to me and i was like oh my gosh that was a game changer i don't have to go try and find a just a simple little solution to a oh crap problem that you really didn't think of when you're buying arrows so that yeah that shouldn't hold people back so i've been very thankful for that and passed that little tip along because it was a ten dollar little package of some moldable stuff that it saved me. That's huge, actually. I, surprisingly, I never heard that one, and I don't know why I never thought of it, but um, that is a really good solution. <laughs> and like yeah, you said, yeah. you know, not having to buy a whole new quiver, which is just, it can, you know, it, everything adds up on a bow, and at a certain point, you're like, man, do I really need to spend 200 bucks on this thing? Like, Yeah, and I can't even tell it's there. I mean, no one would know it's there because the the rubber that holds the arrow is black. And so is the molding It's black and it's almost the exact same kind of, kind of material. It, it's awesome. It's really awesome. It, you know, it took me like 10 minutes, 10 minutes to stick it in there, pop an arrow in, pop it out, let it, let it dry for a day or whatever I did. And it's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a great fix. I guess I probably the last thing I'd say on diameter too, is um, if you're the type of person that wants to hunt, and do 3ds and target shoot and you're not really a fan of the whole like outsert type system just the standard diameter um, like our v-force or our vf tko those are just a phenomenal 
arrow because you don't have to you don't have any of the outsert technology anything like that um, that just kind of complicates things and adds a little bit more cost um, and you get a little bit better scoring with a slightly larger diameter if you're doing 3ds and whatnot so that just standard vforce platform is still really really popular and you know also probably a great bet for your just all around do everything hunting shaft elk deer 3d whatever it is um and it's it's not going to be as expensive as the micros so yeah nice yeah those are v-force are what what my wife's shooting um tried to get a turkey earlier this year that was her first first hunt ever uh so right on she, she was a little nervous and didn't really know at what point to draw the bow and she was uh getting after me because she was in her nike leggings and we're crunched down behind a turkey decoy <laughs> almost <laughs> crawling on her knees funny story she might not think it's too funny but i think it's hilarious <laughs> uh but uh you have guys have a new product the vap ss uh tapping into the stainless steel infused arrow T- talk to us about that that thing looks pretty sweet yeah, so that's the latest and the greatest in the micro diameter line. Um, the VAP was like the very first, you know, kind of big arrow that put us on the market. That's like really one of the first micro diameter carbon arrows out there. And um, so we came up with the VAP first, then the VAP TKO with that 45 degree weave. And now this last year we came out with the VAP stainless steel, which is like that extortion arrow I talked about. Um, except this one's a smaller diameter and it's not as heavy. It's um, right there in that mid uh, GPI range that, you know, a lot of hunters want because it's not too heavy right off the bat. You can add weight to the front to get up your FOC if you want to, but you know, it's not, it's not forced on you all that weight. And uh, the technology behind it is we took stainless steel mesh and we uh, pre-pregged that like we would carbon fiber and then we roll that up into the the shaft into the layers of carbon so um, it just adds another layer of durability and uh, you know it's it's a really cool concept that you know we came up with a few years ago and just kind of ran with and we've been perfecting it you know with the couple generations of shafts that we've come out with and um, you know talking about the technology that we're able to pull from Mitsubishi and from the golf side um, this is actually one that they got from us and now have integrated into a golf shaft. So their MOT series is uh, originally based off of that extortion line. So it's kind of cool that it goes both ways too, that we can innovate something in the archery space that they realize, oh, hey, this has like, you know, characteristics that would be interesting and, and a, you know, advantageous for a golfer too. So um, that was kind of cool to see. And that's, seems to be taken off for them. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about kind of what we put on the ends of our, our arrows. And do you got any advice or, or tips and tricks for, oh, in field points, I, I, maybe, uh, but maybe more so for not in a specific broadhead choice, but aligning a, the correct weight of a broadhead for the arrow and helping us select that. So, cause there are now the, 
mean, there's like this Valkyrie 175 grain monster, and then you've got your typical 100 grain muzzies. So you got some big weight variances there, and uh, the diameter or the the inserts are weighing a little different. Help us with choosing some of that stuff a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, personally, I I try to stick to. I mean. There's so many different ways to go about it. So no matter what I'm going to recommend, someone's going to have a fantastic oh, argument why that's not, not the way yeah. to go. And you know what I mean? like, it just is so much personal preference, but I'll just kind of roll through what, what I like to do and sort of my rationale behind it. And then, um, Oh yeah. yeah you know, Everybody's kind of got it. their own opinion. Yeah, for sure. So personally I like to shoot a 125 because you kind of generally see in most broadhead company companies a 125 has a thicker ferrule so you know a lot of the way i build my arrow setups is just based off of durability i don't like to be extreme on any aspects i don't like super heavy i don't go really light i go kind of middle of the road and with durability in mind because i feel like there's just so many variables in bow hunting that's going to give me the best chance of success um, no matter what kind of gets thrown at me, I'll have something that's pretty much geared for that and um, hopefully isn't going to break. So that's why I go 125. And that also gives you a little more weight forward, which, you know, kind of has some advantages there too, as far as broadhead flight and, and momentum and or kinetic energy and things like that. So 125 would be the way to go. I, I actually shoot both mechanical and fixed bleeds. I even have both in my quiver a lot of the time. It depends on I, what I'm hunting. I, I do too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like I've had points in my life too where I was like, I will not shoot a mechanical or I will not shoot a fixed blade because of this or that. And it's like I've just I've had good experiences with both and I've had bad experiences with both. And it's um one of those things where, you know, like if I'm if I have the choice, I think I'll usually go for a fixed blade because I just feel a little more confident that something's not going to go wrong there. That, uh, you know, it's just like if I hit a shoulder blade, I'm going to have the like system's going to be robust and it's just going to punch through. So I think that's my preference, but I've been in situations where it's pretty thick and, um, maybe like a closer shot or, or something where I'm pretty confident in my placement and uh, that I've shot mechanicals. And that's been really like, it's worked out for me because I've had just the blood trail on the mechanicals. Just there's no comparison really to the fixed blade. So, or at least from what, you know, my experiences. Oh so. yeah. No, that for sure. I've seen it. I've stuck my fingers yeah, in, the, like... in the entrance hole and it's, Right. Impressive. And one of the things I think that scares some people away is the the progression of the mechanical. And I don't want to I'm going to piss off some listeners, too. uh, (laughs) The progression of the mechanical when they first come out. Yeah, they probably sucked. (laughs) And and uh, they've just slowly gotten better and better and better. And now they're shooting holes in 55 gallon metal drums. And and there is. yeah, there is no silver bullet necessarily. And, and I've tapped into both and I've kind of found that middle road too for, 
I've had the same thing, bad experience with both, but yeah. So I agree with you there on that for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of the, a lot of the uh, negative reactions people have with mechanicals stem from the mechanical wasn't set up right. Like maybe you had an O-ring break or maybe you had like something about that mechanical in your quiver in the process of loading it, hunting it, crawling, whatever. Um, that mechanical got kind of out of whack and then it didn't do its job. So it doesn't really get a fair trial because, um, you know, it wasn't really set up right, which in the course of hunting, those things happen. So you have to factor that in too. Um, you know, if you can't get your bow to tune with a fixed blade, then it's probably a good idea to shoot a mechanical, but it's also probably a good idea to look at the tune of your bow and figure out why it's not tuning. And do you have the right arrow spine? Or are you in the bow or what's going on are you trying to shoot a massive fixed blade that's never going to tune um but you should be able to get you know a lot of people say oh well i never get fixed blades to shoot right so i shoot a mechanical and it's like you should be able to get those things to hit the same as your field points at 60 yards or within you know an inch i think with some time and um you know just going through the the steps of tuning your bow and making sure that you're not torquing the bow and things like that so definitely right. possible to get them to shoot yeah. where you need to you just got to put in a little a little time sometimes and go back to the drawing board yeah so yeah. another thing that uh people look at and don't you never see a clear thought on and and necessary not asking for one of those either but just maybe your opinion on looking at the different fletchings and uh having the the short little two inches or going out to four inch what what have you guys found to work really well with your arrows so um i was i used to work at a uh, bow shop actually before i worked for victory kind of like how i fell into it and uh i was like a bow tech for a while so i got kind of like that good background knowledge and i got to test a bunch of different setups and i was super into my arrow build and i would go and i would spend like all this time on each arrow to make sure it was absolutely perfect and i'd fletch everything myself and i'd um you know just do every possible thing i could and they were great and i kept shooting and i um shot more and my wife shoots a lot and she's good and she knocks a bunch of veins off and we do 3ds and stuff like that so i just found myself fletching more and more arrows until the point where i was like i'm gonna try and just take some of these victory already pre-fletched shafts and shoot them and (laughs) see how i like that because I'm having a hard time just keeping up, but felt like a full-time arrow fletcher. Uh, so yeah. I was amazed that I didn't notice any difference between all the time that I would do into my super custom build and the factory fletched victories. To be fair, those are, we do a hand fletch on everything that we sell. 100% across the board is all hand fletched with a Bitsenberger jig and we do it at a two and a half degree helical. And so it's like, there's really not much difference from what you know you're getting from a factory fletch from victory and doing it yourself we also spine align all our shafts so you're going to have from the factory that fletch already oriented on the stiff axis of the arrow so that each arrow is going to flex you know consistently out of the bow yeah i saw that that. just recently in the last six months the 
because I educated myself on that spining alignment, spine alignment and saw that it's all marked right there. So there's no trying to, I don't have to know the feel or try and find that spine. It's all there. So when I just got done fletching some arrows a couple weeks ago, I put them all spine aligned. Just that one little thing that may help down the road, just a small, small tuning thing. So that was, that was nice. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's, you know, just kind of like none of these things are groundbreaking, just like, oh, you're automatically going to notice that your arrows are all in the bullseye as opposed to, you know, if you weren't doing that before. But like you said, kind of like just small advantages, they all add up. And, um, you know, bow hunting, you need every advantage you can get because there's certainly a lot of ways to screw it up, as I've found over the years. So having having confidence too, just kind of eliminating the variables in your mind of is this right? Is this right? Do I have the best of this and that? And when you just feel like hundred percent of confident, uh, confident in your equipment, you go out there, it's just a different, it's a different feeling. You, you know, like when you draw back, you're just, there's no doubt left. It's just on you to make the shot and, and that's it. Yeah. And I just wanted to end on one, one little thing here that, uh, the, the couple times I've called into victory, I, I've really appreciated the time spent and the knowledge that you guys have and, and being able to share that anywhere from that quiver tip to, uh, with the micro diameter arrows to, uh, uh, setting me up with the right arrows. Cause sometimes you're not sure and you're new to an area and you don't know to trust a bow shop. You don't know which bow shop to go to. Everybody's always asking for recommendations of a good bow shop. So it was nice to go straight to the source and not rely on some salesman that you don't know if he's been there a week or seven years and for sure you didn't, yeah, you don't know. So it was nice to go right to the source and, and ask some questions. And, and when I called, you guys were like, well, what's, what's your insert? What's this, what, what blade or what veins are you shooting? Okay. You're at this many grains, full length arrow, blah, blah, blah. Um, and actually you guys ended up suggesting the little bit cheaper arrow over the other one, because based on the needs and the things I was asking for, that was a better setup. So I, I I've just held on to that as a, thanks for that. I appreciate the, <laughs> you tried to set me up with the, the correct setup versus just trying to make some, make some money. And so I, uh, and both, and I don't know the, uh, the only difference between the two is a to me is maybe the durability and i may go back to the the tkos i'm not sure i don't know i got i got a whole pile of them right now i don't need arrows for a little while anyway so yeah (laughs) um yeah so i appreciate the the uh advice and and chatting with you guys on that so no doubt yeah that's something a lot of people don't realize as well is that almost every arrow we sell we offer in three straightness tolerances so we have your v1 v3 v6 and I cannot tell a difference between the ones and the threes. And I shoot a good bit, um, just personally. I think most of your hunters would find that a V3 groups and shoots the same as a V1. Obviously, if you're a really good shot and you can tell the difference, then you know, you're better than I am. Uh, but especially if you cut the arrows down, like let's say, you know, if you're not shooting a 31 inch arrow, if you're shooting 28 inch arrow, you're cutting three inches off that shaft. 
you're going to notice a dramatic improvement in the straightness because the straightness runouts are on the end of a carbon arrow. So, uh, and what we do actually is when we laser sort them, we measure them from the front, the back, and the middle. And whichever end is straighter of the two, that becomes the back, the knock end. So some people say, oh, should I cut from the back and the front? Um, you certainly can. There's no disadvantage to it, but the knock end will be straighter than the front end. So you might as well cut more from the front end if you're going to do both, um, or just cut it all from the front, which is what I do. And I think you'll notice those B3s, those gamer arrows get straighter as you cut them down. So just, you know, a way to save 10, 15 bucks, depending on the shaft that you're looking at. And uh, I think you'll, you'll probably feel like you have just as good a quality shaft. Huh. I had no, I didn't know that. And I didn't, I don't cut arrows. I shoot full length arrows. So I had no, <laughs> not something I'd ever looked into, but uh, yeah, I learned something new there for sure. Well, uh, Devin, I want to let you go here. We've been chatting for almost 40 minutes. So, uh, plenty of information there to get us rolling on things and, uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing, sharing your knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for, for having me on. And just one quick question for you. If you draw that antelope tag, are you going spot and stock or are you going out of one? Uh, it's actually going to be a rifle tag. I I did when I drew uh archery antelope about five, six years ago, I had a time of my life in an area that would take like fifteen years to draw with a rifle. And I will be archery antelope hunting again. It's just we don't have a ton of antelope right around where I live, so you gotta travel a good three hours away, two hours away, maybe. Yeah. Uh and Colorado doesn't I mean, there's, there's places you can get tags, but it's not as easy necessarily to get, draw a great tag. Someone's going to disagree with me on that, but, uh, it takes a few years. So that's why I'm applying for antelope in South Dakota, Wyoming and Colorado to kind of rotate. So I'll, uh, I'll get back at that again. Cause that archery antelope hunt with spot and stock that we did, that was unreal. It was stock after stock after stock and getting blown up after blown up yeah. <laughs> after each one but man that that was fun that was just it's not it, it's one of those hunts where you learn a ton because you get opportunity well there's a go right there there's one there now you got to figure out how to get there it's not just trying to find game it's trying to you're working on all those skills that you read about and work on so uh for sure i recommend an archery antelope hunt spot and stock to somebody i can't say i've never sat on a water hole for them which i know that's a pretty foolproof way sometimes to get them but uh spot and stocks unreal out in the prairie that's fun yeah that's what i did last year in wyoming that was my first first crack at uh antelope and like you said it's just stock after stock after stock that i just blew one after yeah. another um but it was when you hear that, when you hear that like whatever their vocalization is <laughs> it's crazy that high from pitch. behind you like no he busted us <laughs> or, He's or like from like 800... half a mile away you're like how yeah. the hell could he even see me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's like a cow elk barking at you or something like that it's just that no you just <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's not gonna work <laughs> yep 
Well, cool. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thanks again. And we'll, uh, I'll reach out to you guys again and, and uh, chat with you another time. Sounds good. We'll have to talk after hunting season here, see how it goes. You bet. Right outside of this one church town, there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing. Got a deed to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God.